most of you likely know, but perhaps there are some that don't, that Sharon and I, at the end of our ministry, had a wonderful opportunity to minister encouragement ministry to pastors and wives in India. And uh, from 98 till 2011, we, we were able to, we never did get a long-term visa, but we were able to uh, meet with and have retreats with pastors and wives there, the Indian pastors and wives. And it was in this time that CP rescued me at least once <laughs> and probably more than I knew about uh, sometimes. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, it was a wonderful opportunity for us. And it's with real gratitude that we have him here with us today. When CP emailed me and said that uh, he was coming to Canada, my heart leapt. And right away, I thought of having him speak in the church poor guy didn't tell me that this was a family trip. <laughs> so so he, he's speaking to us today, but he's on holiday, so we have to remember that, okay? But uh, we're just so glad that they chose us. We're the only ones that get it because of my brassness. But anyways, uh, praise the Lord that we have you with us today. CP, um, uh, has been in our with our ministries first at the hospital in Sarango. I think that's where you joined. Uh, in in what year did you join? Uh, I joined in Arcavido. Arcavido, and then Sarango. Uh, CBM, our church, you people have 150, almost 150 years of history in India. I don't know if you realize that. Uh, and it's those people that we were able to move among and be with, with the help of people like CP, uh, who translated and, uh, uh, and showed us and took us around, protected us, literally in some cases. And uh, we, our hearts just, just go out to them still. Um, he, he was director, one of the directors at the Sarango Hospital when we met him. And uh, now he is uh, the, um, I, I want to get this right, he's the coordinator. He's the senior program coordinator for CBM in India. The, we only have two uh, staff in India now, and they're both Indian people, uh, leaders. Uh, Suraj works a lot, I think, with the churches, but also some with you. And CP works mostly with what we used to call the Sharing Way program or the Relief and Development. He's the program coordinator. He brings with him, because it is a family trip, praise God, uh, his wife Jane, Jane Swana. Uh, Jane is a scholar in her own rights. She's, uh, she was an English professor at a college in India before, and now she's done her theology, and I think she goes home to actually graduate from Serampur in theology, and she's doing ministry along with CP uh, in the churches, especially to the women. And uh, so we welcome you, Jane. Maybe stand up, Jane. And, and with Jane is, <laughs> with Jane is Jessica, their daughter. They have a son who is in Hyderabad. Uh, Jessica is, I think, the main reason they're here right now, 
because um, she, she's come to Canada and been in Prince George and has done her dental hygiene uh, and is now working in, in, in uh, Prince George. And uh, she brings with her uh, Michael. Uh, Michael, welcome to you. <laughs> Michael Morgan. And some of you have been around Canadian Baptist circles for a time will recognize the name Morgan. <laughs> and uh, Paul and I were uh, friends, especially to his grandfather, uh, Lance, and, uh, their, and his dad, too, is in, in ministry, and they had ministry in uh, Africa. In fact, uh, Michael went with the family to Africa for that ministry. So uh, I think uh, part of the uh, time to come as a family was for um, CP and Jane to get to meet Michael. So <laughs> we're just happy for you and we trust the Lord, trust you to the Lord for his decisions in the future. And we're so glad that we can. I get to pray for CP. And Lord, I just thank you for CP and Jane and the family. We pray your blessing over them all, your wisdom over them. Uh, thank you for the Morgan family, too. We pray the same over them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that CP can share some of his work in India that we do through him in, in, as Canadian Baptists. And Lord, um, we thank you for the rich heritage we have. Lord, we... It wasn't us, and we've made mistakes over the years, but uh, you have blessed in spite of us often, Lord, and done great things. And, uh, and there is a vital living church in India, and we thank you. And we lift up that church today, which is facing a lot of opposition. Uh, we think we have opposition, and we have little to complain about in that regard when we look at India. Lord, we just lift up the Indian brothers and sisters, pray boldness, we pray uh, wisdom, we, we pray uh, a great sense of your love and grace over them. In Jesus' name and over CP as he shares with us this, this day. Amen. Good morning, everyone. As he introduced me, I am C.P. Raju, serving as Senior Program Coordinator in India. I'm not good at English. There may be some mistakes, kindly bear with me. First of all, I thank God for giving me this opportunity to stand before you and to share the word of God and the ministry of CBM in India. I thank all the elders of the church congregation, and I also thank Reverend Ron and Sharon Harris for introducing me to your church, and I thank all of you for giving me this opportunity. If you look at we are working, CBM is working in different states, like provinces, 
So I bring greetings from Canadian Baptist Ministries and also from 3,000 partnering churches from India. You can see the vision and mission of the CBM. A broken world menu and the mission is partnering with local churches around the world to bring hope, healing, and reconciliation to world indeed. CBM has been serving in India since 1874. That means we are going to celebrate 150 years in the next coming year. So there will be huge gathering, almost 150,000 people are going to gather there for that celebration. So we seek your prayers for the undertaking. We are active in seven states now, Telangana, Andhra Pradesh, Odisha, West Bengal, Assam, Nagaland, and Mizoram. The present ongoing programs, Widows Empowerment Program, Alcoholic Rehabilitation and Transformation Program, Empowerment of Youth through Sports, Sustainability, Community Development through Education and Support, Empowerment of Missing Tribe, that is one tribe, Rehabilitation of Trafficked and Rescued Girls and Women, Venture Program, that is Faith and Work Program, and partner capacity building, that means we are encouraging the partners to stand on their own feet to continue their programs in the near future, and theological education, and the goal is transformation. So we are going to have an annual, we are having regularly annual conference also, 100 1,000, 120,000 people, they will gather. So here you can see the widows' empowerment. So those who are widows, they are uh, doing micro-enterprises. That's doing small businesses, petty shops, goats rearing, poultry, like that. And uh, we are giving small financial assistance to them, and they're doing their business. and. Uh, they're standing in their own feet and they're sending their children to the schools. You can see all these pictures. This is life transformation camp. Alcoholics, those who are addicted to the alcohol, there is a life transformation camp we are conducting. And uh, we are giving, also, giving them also financial assistance. And this is the sports ministry that is going on. We call it football. So we encourage the youth to undergo girls and boys to undergo this football training and uh, forming community, you can see. So sustainable community development. And there's girls, you can see, sustainable community development through education and support, beauticians, tailoring, like skills development, different skills development. This is the empowerment of missing tribe. So one tribe in Assam, so they're also developing, tailoring like that. 
rehabilitation of traffic and rescued girls and women. We have one place called Kolkata. There is one place, Sonagachi, Asia's biggest prostitution center, that is. So we are rescuing the girls from that center, and we are giving them skills training, like tailoring, beautician, computers, like that. And uh, we are trying to transform the lives of the people. So this is a venture program, faith and work program, we can see. So youth, uneducated, unemployed youth, they're working in that. And then we're manufacturing fruit juices, pickles, different kinds of uh, products, and they're selling in the market. We are, uh, as I said, we are uh, also working for the partner capacity building because we don't know what will be, what will happen in the near future in India. So they have to stand on their own feet. So that's why we are introducing and we are giving them some financial assistance to stand on their own feet. Like Buffalo's rearing program, goat's rearing, and the training. Ron and Sharon, they used to come to India to work, conduct workshops. So now we are conducting the, those workshops. And uh, theological education, there are many students now in different institutions. Some are graduates, some are postgraduates. So theological education also. That is the annual conference of one, one tribe, Saura. 100,000 people will be gathered. So next year we are going to have in different places, 150,000 people almost we are going to gather there. So the ultimate goal is, you know, transformation. Thank you. If you want to see smile on the poor people faces, please join your hands, support, and pray. Pray and support. For further details, you can contact, you know, the CBM address. And uh, the theme for today's message is, who are worthy to inherit the kingdom of God? Who are worthy to inherit the kingdom of heaven? Several times, the Pharisees, scribes, Sadducees, Herodians tried to put Jesus in, into trouble by raising critical questions like, who gave you authority to preach? Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to the emperor or not? If we look at today's scriptures, Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, they're raising a critical question on marriage and resurrection. They said a person who married a woman died without having any children. According to Moses' instructions, his, brother, his brother married and he too died without having any children. 
Likewise, seven brothers, they married. All of them died without having any children. At last, she also died. And their question is, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be since the seven were married to her? Whose wife will she be since the seven were married to her? Pharisees believe in angels, spirit, and resurrection. Sadducees do not believe in angels, spirit, and resurrection. If we can see the reason, Jesus' reply here, he says, Jesus said to them, those who belong to this age marry and are given marriage, but those who are considered worthy of your place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are children of God being children of the resurrection, being children of the resurrection. In this world, people marry to produce children, to continue human race, and they will die. In heaven, people will not marry, and they will be like angels. They'll be children of God, and they will never die. If you, if you can find the Jesus answer in the same context, in Matthew 22, 29, Jesus says, you're wrong. Because you know neither scripture nor the power of God. Sadducees believe mainly the first five books of Old Testament written by Moses. Here Jesus quotes Exodus 3, 6. God continued to be their God, God of your father, Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. The five books of Voti says that there is life after death. Sadducees denied. Sadducees denying the resurrection means they're not understanding the scriptures. They're not understanding the power of God. Resurrection life is different from this life and not continuation of worldly life. We are having dual citizenship, worldly citizenship, heavenly citizenships, because our bodies are made of mud, we belong to this world. But our souls belong to God, so we belong to the kingdom of God. At the end of, at the end, all of them will be resurrected. But God will judge according to our worthiness. Who is worthy to be resurrected to inherit eternal life? The first thing, faith. 
we should have faith in our lives. All believers are God's children, partake in resurrection and will raise from the dead. The Bible clearly says, faithless cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Do you have complete faith in God? If you look at the disciples, in the initial, they had a little faith. We worry about many things. We believe God, but we worry about many things. This is not faith. The disciples had little faith during the initial stage. This little faith is very dangerous. This will create worry, fear, doubt, and those who have those who have this little faith cannot perform any miracles. But after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the disciples were strengthened in faith. And they never turned back. They gave their life for Christ. After the death of Jesus Christ, they thought, the disciple, everything was over. They went back for fishing. They started backsliding in their faith life. Jesus appeared to them and asked them, children, do you have any fish? They said, no. Then Jesus said, you throw the net on the right side of the boat. When he said, Peter says, Master, we worked hard all the night, throughout the night, but we have caught nothing. And he says, yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. This is the beauty of this passage. If you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish. Dear friends, do you obey today? Faith and obedience, that will go together. When, when, when believers backslides in their faith life, God appears to them and they will, he will strengthen them. But we have to recognize his voice. We should obey to his word. Do we have complete faith in God? Or do we have little faith? Let us examine ourselves today. The second thing we should have is deeds. We should have deeds in our life. Paul says salvation comes by faith, not by our works. That doesn't mean that we should stop doing good deeds. Bible clearly says faith without deed is dead. We are rewarded or condemned according to our works. John 5.29, you can see. All that will be buried and raised at the end of the world, but God will judge 
according to our words. Matthew 16, 27 also you can see. In the first century, when James, the disciple of Jesus Christ, Christ was elder in the church, he noticed that all the believers stopped doing good deeds. Started saying, we are saved by faith only, not by our words. James condemned their attitude, warned them, and says in James 4.17, failing to do right thing is a sin. Failing to, to do right thing is a sin. We have two commandments. Love God, love your neighbor. What we will do in this life will determine whether we'll go to the Resurrection of life, resurrection of condemnation. God looks, looks into our hearts and our deeds. Every good work that we do on this earth will be recorded in heaven. The third thing we should have, we should have the image of God. We should be transformed into his image. We are all created by God in his image, but we lost God's image because of sin. All are created by, by God, but all are not his children. Only those who are transformed into his image, that means those who wash their sins in the blood of Christ will have the image of God. To transform into his image, we need two things. One is God's grace and truth. God's grace means before we have asked God, recognize the need of the people and came down to help. That is God's grace. And second thing, God lost his beautiful image to give his image to us. God's grace and truth. Truth means good, that is God, that is freedom. The truth will set you free. To transform into his image, we should seek God's grace and truth. Only God's grace and truth will now give us new image. God's image is holiness, Purity, love, peace, goodness, mercy, faithfulness. That is why Paul says, my little children for whom I am again in the pain of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. If you can look, look at Philippians for 2.5, let the same mind in you that was in Jesus Christ. Let us examine today, are we worthy enough to receive eternal life, to be children of God? Sadducees did not understand the scriptures or the power of God. We have been coming to this church for several years. 
Do we understand the scriptures and the power of God? If you understand the scripture and power of God, we should, it should reflect in our life. There must be deeds in our life. The thief who was crucified with Jesus looked at Jesus, recognized the power of God, confessed his sins, sought God's grace, received salvation place in paradise. Do we have time to look at Jesus? Do we have time to look at Jesus? That means, do we have to, time to read, to read the Bible? Do we have time to pray? Do we have time to have fellowship with God? If we have all this, we can understand the greatness of God, the goodness of God, the power of God. Otherwise, we cannot understand. We may come several times to the presence of God, but we cannot understand the greatness, goodness, and the power of God. Let us examine ourselves. Continue to keep faith in God. Continue to do good deeds. Continue to examine ourselves every minute and protect the image of God till he comes, our, our last breath, and inherit the kingdom of God. God bless you. Thank you.